Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. We're How back. What's going on, dude? How you doing? I am doing well. I had a fun weekend. That's good. Me too. Well, sp- spring cleaning. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had to help the uh, the Chitlin move to uh, Philadelphia. You just think that you're gonna get to a point in your life where like you don't have to do this kind of shit anymore. It just ne- it never happens. No, no, it's not. But it's good. It's yeah. a it's a testament to how well you've taken care of your body. Yes, I. Because <laughs> how old are you now, dude? I'm 738. 730. Oh, I thought you were 739. That's that was nice. close. Not far off. No, no are you, are 53. You, you're 53. 53. All right. Which isn't that that old? It's truthfully, it's not. We know a lot of 53 year olds who are who are pretty fit. Yes. You're a little bit of an outlier, but we also know way more 53 year olds who can't are no longer in a position to help their kid move. 100. percent Yeah. So and, and I don't have no problem lifting the heavy stuff. Yeah. You know. I mean. There's certain things I can't do, so like lifting things above my head because well, the, the, I have no neck mobility as we go. No, you know. don't. <laughs> and the key is if you're going to lift something heavy, it's to bend at your waist. Yes. Right? And you want to really overextend far out in front of your body. Way in front. And move in a very short jerking movement. Yes. Generating all the force from your lower back. That's the UPS way. I mean, just... It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it really is proper lifting technique with everything. Yeah. So... And I mean, look, the benefit was there's not a lot of heavy stuff. He didn't have a lot of heavy stuff. He's, what, 18? I don't know. He's what, yeah. 26 or whatever. It was, whatever. what, three cases of PBR? Pretty much a bunch a, of PBR, some natty ice, <laughs> you know, a, a frat refrigerator. I hope Carlo never changes. He is a throwback for sure. He, he before we left, now mind you, my mother-in-law's there. She wants to participate. You know, she wants to be there for it. He and his buddy are like, hey, let's... <laughs> It's a Let's ritual. Do a beer bong. No, man. He's <laughs> shotgunning a beer before we get. His buddy's shotgunning a it's truly. Like nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> like, shotgunning a, a truly. truly. I'm like, that is truly. You're going to rip finish. a hole in the space time continuum. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, it was horrible. It was anyway. Horrible. Anyways. Um, yeah, dude, this is just another example of beginning with the end in mind. Like, yeah. like I say a lot when I'm going to when I'm fighting to get into the cold punch, like who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And really it's like, what version of myself do I want to be? But a valuable lesson in like hearing you talk about it. And Matakis has been on this trip for a little bit. Cause he went through that whole double pec tear yeah. tour from both sides. And he was completely, he was full on Dracula, like yeah. arms crossed for like six months. His thing was always, I just want to be able to walk through the park when I'm 90. Yeah. And like, he saw the writing on the wall of granted he abused himself in training more than any of us yes. like beating his head against the wall like me you and I we're we're stubborn but we're not like like uh like we don't destroy ourselves yes. we the only we're stubborn in that like for example I, were you training on Saturday <laughs> no i was moving all right so you weren't here so you know i i on Monday after the rock and roll i was playing soccer with my nephews yeah. and i destroyed my foot dude <laughs> destroyed it i was playing barefoot and I got like real bad. What I guess is turf toe. I don't know. Egan the wants me to get an X-ray. Is really, I don't. He would say turf toe's on the other side. So it's it's probably a fucking broken foot, toe, whatever. Yeah, maybe a fracture. Or something. So I've been wrapping it up, and then to train, I wrapped it up so I could just teach on Saturday. And then to train, I just booted my whole <laughs> foot, like covered my. Because dude, if you if one toe was hanging out, that's yeah. the one that gets caught and ripped yes. off. So I literally just mummied my whole foot. <laughs> but I got a good training session. That's in. good. Now. If if I were a little, how bit, many rounds did you go from the feet? The last one. Okay, see there yeah. you go. There but you all go. I, I went with Kamara. He's like, really from the feet? I'm like, I'll be all right. Foot sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Put him right on his ass. <clears throat> um, I was pretty smart about it. But the point is, 
we're we're like stubborn where we're banged up and we're going to train anyway. Yeah. However, within that, like we're pretty good at protecting what's ailing us. Yes. Um, Matakis was just full on self destroy. Yeah. That's and his his because his style was like I'm gonna bring both of us into the deep water. He's like he's like Quint. He's like I'm yeah. gonna bring I'm gonna bring him to the shallows. I'm gonna bring him in. I'm gonna drown him out. Yeah, like with Jaws. Only um, and he would win because of that. Yeah, but eventually his body was like no mas. Yeah, no mas. Yeah, and he saw the writing on the wall, and you know what really kind of got to me was he's like I just want, and he doesn't even have kids yet, but he was starting to like get in that headspace. He's like I want to be able to pick my kids up. Yeah, that's big. That's it's huge. I, I, you've always been the, uh, you know, I always joke about the angel and devil on my shoulders, and you're obviously the Both. angel, and I'm the devil. <laughs> and uh, you've always talked me off the ledge, and more and more, uh, and like I said, since I got my black belt, I've been, it's just been like accumulation of things. One, obviously, a bunch of other stuff, out, outside stuff that has been affecting me, but I, it's given me the opportunity to take a better view you know, when it comes to that in particular, you know, yeah, a little perspective. Yeah, it really, it, you know, again, I'm 190, 798. I'm sorry. Yeah. 790. I, I lose track at this age, but I want to be 120 when I do it, when I, you know, and still training, yeah. you know, milking this baby for everything I got. You well, know? I was on, I was on the, um, the black belt business podcast with Matt Brenner and who he's one of the action karate guys. Yeah. And we had a good talk. It got, um, it went like super personal right off right off the bat, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know when we kind of brought it back around, we were talking about um, training, and I was I was talking about it through like a business sense in that, dude. In, in the martial arts world, we don't have a four hundred one k. Most of us don't have a retirement plan, and a lot of people who run schools, they don't even have like a savings account. Yeah, you know, like they don't really think in the future. And luckily, I've had a, great mentors in my life where I am because. Because I, I know how this this train, I know where this train ends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And granted, I do everything I can to ma remain healthy and, and physically fit. But I know a day will come. And it's probably not going to be for a, 25, 30 for years. A yeah. But even Elio fucking died one day. <laughs> you Did know he? what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, but le legend I, has it. Especially business-wise, you've seen, you've been around the martial arts since you were a chitlin. Yeah. And you've seen many more go than stay and that has given you the ability hold on read that bottom one outstanding yeah that's we just got good news all right all right we could continue the podcast now. let's go but you've seen enough failures and again how we how you address any obstacle in your life is how your improvement in life is going to be you can look at every failure as oh shit that's it that's the end of the world you know, I'm going to jump off the bridge. Or you could say, okay, now let's take a look. What were the things that I could have improved on to prevent this from happening? The, the great thing, you're right. You're right. And the, They call the, it a post-mortem. Totally. And yeah. the good thing is if you're not, if you don't have your head like 19 inches up your own ass, you don't have to be the one who's failing and learning. You can watch Observe. other. Yeah. Yes. And really that's kind of where like a lot of the things that I've learned what not to do were, were more valuable than the things that I've learned to do. Yes. So I sent out a, a, an email to all the students yesterday because, oh, I was just checking out the website to make sure it was working because mm. it, <laughs> it, it wasn't let you guys peer behind the scenes. Like we had a slow May, which doesn't make sense because usually May is we're, booming. We're booming. And on top of that, w the academy is more 
excited and engaged it's ever been and usually that translates to a lot of new faces and we were getting like nobody coming in and you guys probably heard me talk about this we do no paid advertising yep. we don't do we don't do anything we just we have a good product we take care of our students and usually referrals bring in this new students which i think is the best approach yes works very well for us but we were getting no new students mm-hmm. and uh turns out for like <laughs> 28 days our website where that's the only really the only way you can schedule an intro it wasn't working and then when we finally figured it out the the company was like oh no it's i got all your your we call them leads when somebody fills out the info online yeah. he's like oh no you got 50 leads and i'm like oh my god oh my god but anyway we're, we're bouncing back from that yeah um shit what were we talking about oh so anyway i was checking out the website to make sure it's fucking working yeah and it is but when I Googled it, like some of my old blog posts came up and one of them was like my favorite one because you were probably there that night and it's it's titled The Varsity. And yeah. this is way yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. This no, is way no, back this because way back. this was like still when the OGs were there till like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I remember the night like it was yesterday because. That was the one we were talking about Al. Conversation yes. with Al. Yeah. yeah. So Al's like up against the wall with his feet up on the wall with just a puddle <laughs> around him. But we're all scattered. Yeah. Because that's how it used to be. Yeah. And it would be like like nine bodies on the mat with a heap of a gi next to you and just a pool around you. We're like laying down until somebody can finally start talking again. And then we start telling stories. And <laughs> Spinning then, a yarn. And then somebody was leaving. Yeah. And it was like one of those guys. It's like, like you got to commend him because he keeps coming back. Yeah. And it's so hard. To not be good at things, and he only gets his ass kicked. Not yeah. only does he only get his ass kicked, like he's been training for years, and he still struggles to like understand and under the like guard pass. Yeah, which like he's an outlier. Most people just from showing up, like you get good at certain yeah. things, and he he wasn't, and it wasn't for a lack of trying on our end and on his. Yeah, and, and look at battle now. It's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> and and the truth is, if this were like the high school football team, he we we probably ridicule him like if we're young and dumb, and yeah. or he we we'd relegate him to like the like washing the towels. Yeah, but that's not what happens here. And you know, Al had that really poignant point of like, I know why he keeps going back because like we make him feel like he's on the varsity. Yeah, and then that kind of evolve that kind of turned into this big conversation. And, it, and I sent that out to the students because, as you know, culture is like my number one. It's our thing. It's our thing. It, because if we don't guide the culture, it turns into a shit show yes. immediately. And this guy we're talking about, he wouldn't be here. Yeah. So um, it made me think, like, like, why is the culture so good? I think a big reason is I've seen when it isn't. Yeah. Like, And I started to write about this, but I took it out. And I don't care. It's not a secret. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you right now. Um, one of the first times I went down to Ricardo's. Yeah. One of the first. When it, where it wasn't just like the MMA team and Ricardo wasn't there. It was a comp class. And, and Ricardo was like, man, go down. It's Saturday. It's going to be packed. Like, go down. And there were like 100 people. And at the time, Ricardo was before he got like his bigger location in Trenton. Mm-hmm. It was like a hallway. So we had 100 people in this tiny little sliver of Is a mat. Is this a racquetball court? No. It was right after that. Okay. And they divided the mat into like four like rings, we'll call it, by like belts. You mm-hmm. know, like you, you put one belt and that's a ring. Yeah. And it was by weight class, but it was like absolute, we'll call it. So it was all, it was from white belt all the way up. And, you know, I was like 190. I was pretty jacked. I was a white belt. I was athletic. And uh, I did, we were, we were doing live takedowns for like an hour and a half. And I did pretty well because I was scrappy. I was just yeah. scrapping with people. But I was, dude, hyper respectful. Literally coming, like, I had my karate gi on that morning. I was hyper <laughs> yeah. respectful. Yeah. Bowing, saying oos. Everybody's like, what the fuck is oos? <laughs> and the guy running it, um, 
I'll say Steve Kim. I hope he hears this, and yeah. I hope he comes down here. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> um, he, I guess he didn't like that I was doing well. I don't know because I'll tell you what. Like I was hyper respectful, and the training session was over, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna get one more." And of course, he comes over to me. Yeah. And I'm like, I came lift my arms up. We just did comp training, and I, I kind of knew what he was doing. And he just had to, I guess, prove a point. I don't know. So I'm fight. He's like a black belt world champion already. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like a second degree black belt. So you know, he takes me down, passes my guard, and smothers me. And I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. And then he sees how how I'm freaking out. He opens his gi, he wraps uh, around my head. Telling me this story. He wraps yeah. his gi around my head and lays on my face. And I panic and I tap. And he's like, "You're not allowed to tap. You, that's not a submission. You can't tap." So he just holds me there for like another three minutes. And it's something that I'll never forget, forget. for as long yeah. as I live. And the lesson is this, like, all right, you might be thinking, yeah, but I've seen when people come to visit and like <laughs> you choke them out. I do, but I do it very skillfully and technically. Yes. And I do it just to, to with a bit of class with a bit of class and done in the right way. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to, to be an asshole. Yes. And that one experience, if that happened to and I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal like mm. of toughness, toughness. But I was just already ingrained, like I was already in that world. Yes. I was going to be a martial artist professionally, no matter what happened to me. But 99 or 95 percent of the people that he would have done that to, they don't get black belts now. Yeah, and that I never forgot that lesson, and I'm going to hold on that to that forever. As you should. Yeah, dude. So, and I share that because a lot of the lessons that we learn, it's by watching what not to do. Exactly. 100%. So in terms of how we were started this conversation, we watch people beat the living shit out of their own bodies yes. when they're 30, mm -hmm. 29, because they think that the game never ends. It does. It does. It does. And, you know, I mean, look, it's, again, we don't, we joke about it, but I, I know I'm a man of age, you know, and it's the stuff that I do off the mat that keeps me pretty okay on the mat, you know, I mean. I'm not going to lie to you. After we did the ruck on Monday, that 40-pound vest felt like 5,000 pounds. Dude, 40 is a lot. I got to be and honest. I had, remember, last year I had the <laughs> 20 did. and the 45-pound kettlebell. It didn't feel as heavy as the 40. Yeah, I, I, don't, I wonder it's why that weird. is. I think it's the way the vest sits. Yeah, because last year be. I did the 53-pound kettlebell in the bag, which it abused my, my lower back like it just because it was bouncing against yes. my spine. And granted, I was wearing those $20 shoes with no socks. <laughs> But I wore 30 pounds this, this time, and my shoulders were screaming. Yeah. But, hey, whatever. It's crazy. I had a good time, man. It was, it was good. It was good. And, and you know what? It's, I, was, I, was, I was just breaking uh, Julian Stones. I said, uh, I was like, he's like, yeah, I couldn't make it to the rock. I wanted to come out. I was like, don't worry about it. A guy with no legs did it, and you <laughs> didn't. Yeah, dude. Tan, right? Tan, yeah. He's, um, so we, I know Juliana's posted it. I've shared it as too. So he lost his legs to an IED over in Iraq. And uh, they did, Vault did a video on him for August 6th. This is a live day. So they're going to have a big open map for him and, uh, you know, try to raise some money and donate it to the Ronald McDonald. You know house. that's Battle of the Beach, right? Yes, I do. So I'll make a donation and be at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a coach. But, um, you know, that's, you know, when you see somebody that very easily could have a bag of excuses. Yeah. He never does, never does. Like, he's like, uh, he was messaging me before, you know, we were when we were getting ready to do the rock, and he's like, 
He's like, man, I'm gonna, can I come? I'm like, dude, always. I'm like, you want to come train with us? You know you're open to come train with us. Anytime. You know, door's always open for you because he's just an incredible human he's being. He's been, he used to go to the old school a little bit, right? Yes, he used to come over to, uh, to the open mat there. And we, you know, we were talking afterwards. Was it after? Probably during the ruck. We were talking and he was saying, he's like, you know, speaking to me, we, we, it was six years ago, almost to the day, I assume. Remember uh, South Jersey had their Memorial Day open mat with the SIE bull truck there and stuff? Mm -hmm. So that's when I met Tan. So yeah. it was like six years ago. And I told him, I said, dude, I go, it was six years ago. He's like, yeah, I was just sitting on a mat. Nobody would train with me, and you came over and beat me up. I'm like, wait a second. I couldn't <laughs> leg lock you, so I kept going at you. But, um, you know, he, uh, we've been friends ever since, and it's just been, you know, we've been gotten closer and closer over time, and he would come over when he was at his old school and stuff like that. He's just a great guy. And no excuses, you know. No. Walked out of fight to win. Without his legs, walked out on his you know, on his nubs. Yeah, IBJJF walking out on his nubs. You know, and I had Thomas said, "Dude, you're a hero. You're the absolute. There's no freaking excuse why you can't do this." Yeah, you know what a what a powerful example he sets. Huge, huge. His kids have got. They don't know how good they have it. You know yeah, to have. They will. I, I'm sure they do they because he's such a wonderful human. How being. old are his kids? They're younger. They're, I think he has some of the young. I think his oldest is like 12, 11, maybe. Yeah, they don't know yet. They don't know. But when they're like but 19, they, 20, they're going to be like, holy shit, my dad. Their friends like are going to say. Because I can, I, you know, what's funny is my father, and I always say, my father was really hard on me for the right reasons. And it wasn't just like, uh, get me a beer and hit me with a book. You know, it wasn't like that. It was everything he did had purpose. He wanted to get me prepared for what's out there, you know, yeah. the real world. And, you know, he was forcing me to work out every night. And, you know, it was nonstop. And my buddies, not all of my friends, my best friends, they were all like, man, you're lucky. I'm like, I'm lucky. I'm in hell. Yeah. They go, our dads don't do that. Our dads yeah, just you, don't you do can't, that. When you're so close to it, you can't you see it. You don't see what's right in front of your face. Dude, it's funny you say that because Melissa kind of got, she didn't get into it, but it was like a lesson with Scarlett last night. She had, she had a... A conversation, of course, way more gentle, you know, than <laughs> than you or I would have had the conversation. Yes. But she was explaining. She's like, "You don't get it right now," because Scarlett's thing is she's six. She'll be yeah. seven, and six she, going on sixteen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She thinks that our job as parents is to like tap dance and put on puppet shows from the moment her eyes open in the morning to the moment they close. Yeah. So like. Melissa literally spent like nine hours and I was jacked up, dude, so I couldn't carry too much stuff. But she decluttered the house. Yeah. Which I don't know if you've ever seen a woman rage cleaning. <laughs> Fucking run, dude. Run. I'm like, this was your idea. <laughs> like, and, and why so much animosity? <laughs> How is this my this fault? Your it's your idea. You, you bought all this shit. Like, what is... <coughs> Anyway. Yes. Okay. Like I, Melissa put in work. Like we'll say she yeah. put in work yesterday. And then at like 630 after she cooked two different dinners, she sits on the couch and Scar's like, can we go play basketball? I've been playing basketball with her, ball with her all day. Yeah. And Melissa's like, I'm just going to sit. And she goes, you're lazy. And oh. Melissa's like, what the f And like, <laughs> God bless my wife's soul for her patience. Like I would have just like taken Scar out to the cold plunge and, and dunked her again. Um. But Melissa took a breath and she's like, she's like, look, you don't understand yet. Yeah. But when you get older, you, and you start going to other people's houses. You're going to start to realize that like your mom and your dad are not like most of the moms and the dads. Yeah. You know, and like 
for example, when I when I volunteer to like coach her her soccer team, and I'm the one out there running around, and it's not that the other dads I don't think that they don't want to, they probably can't. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's hard to know when I, it's in your face, but I've when you get a little situation. perspective and you get a little distance from it, you yeah. start to realize like, holy shit, I had it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I and you know what? It's funny you brought that up. I think a lot of the people they would rather just sit back. This is their chance to get away from their kids. Yeah. I'll let this guy deal with my kids for a while. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I I, I I got roped into coaching so many times. I enjoyed it because it's my opportunity. I mean, that's why I love teaching. Yeah. I really do. You know, I mean, I, I have a I have a certain set of skills. But, <laughs> you know, I know, I know a couple things. And I love being able to share it. I love being able to help somebody improve their life one way or the other. And I think... I know the adults, and I think a bunch of the kids as well, they appreciate that. They see it. They know how much we all give a shit. Yes. And they feel it, and they see it, and that's why they're growing from it. They're like, man, I got these warriors that got my back. Yeah. You know, you got the, I don't want to say the 18, but, you know, we're not AOJ, but we're pretty okay at what we do. We're pretty good at teaching. We are very good at teaching, I believe. And I think it's these people that we, we are lucky enough to teach they're like, they stand, and when they stand, they know that there's like, I, I just envision in my head, you know, like a, a bunch of samurai standing behind them, just when they're, you know, just sitting there going, yeah, okay, got your back. we got your back, you know, and I think that's invaluable, but I think when it comes, especially when it comes to youth sports, I, I've known a lot of people that have a lot of skills, and I, mean, I, I don't know shit about soccer. I watched Ted Lasso, that's about all I know about <laughs> soccer. I've watched it like eight, I watched it all eight times now, but... I would go and teach soccer if I had to. Yeah. You know, I didn't know anything about rugby. I was helping out with the rugby. I didn't. I mean, I knew a little bit about rugby, only because I know you just throw it backwards and run over people <laughs> and then drink a lot. Yeah, a lot of beer and lacrosse. When lacrosse first came to Marlton, I was coach helping coach lacrosse. I don't know a damn thing about lacrosse. No, you know? no, but you understand sports and you understand yes. teamwork and you understand enthusiasm and energy yes. and effort. Yes, and that's enough. Exactly, dude. Like when I was coaching. Uh, scar soccer practices this year. I played soccer when I was in like fourth grade. Yeah, it was it was literally kick the ball and run. That was it. Um, I just ran like lacrosse drills because I played lacrosse. Yeah, but they don't they don't give a shit. The drills really don't matter too much. It's it's the energy I brought to the practice. And then when the game time came and like I kind of stepped back because they're like the the coach. She was actually she was there for that. Yeah, the girls would look over on the sideline at me. Yeah, because I'm screaming. I'm telling them like, all right, yep. go go and. That goes a, a long ass it way, does. dude. It does. We're talking about perspective and and how like we don't realize what, a lot of times you don't realize like the value of something that's right in your face. Like for example, your upbringing. Like yeah. sometimes when you're in it, you're like, oh man, my dad's a heartless bastard. Yeah. And like once I grow up, I'm leaving this house. I'm never yeah. coming back. No, you're not. No, that's it's bullshit. Sure. Yeah. And you don't realize what you have till you step back and like understand the tools that he he gave you yeah which that was the big aha moment with me yes. by the time i was like 18 19 i was like oh shit yeah the old man was a hard ass but like now i'm hardened against yes like the shit the world throws yep. at me and like a pretty similar thing is you don't re when you're when you think you're the the nail on the mat here like in the advanced class mm -hmm. or even if you're middle of the pack and you're like yeah i'm pretty good here and like you know we're a decent crew and then somebody comes to visit yeah that offers some perspective. Yes. And then when that training session is over and these guys are looking around like, holy shit, we're pretty fucking good. Yeah. That's that's like a valuable. That's why 
we're not a comp school and we're never going to be but it's really cool when we go to battle at the beach, at, at the beach yeah. like on mass in force and we do incredibly well yes because it gives you perspective on really what you've accomplished like on the mat and your training partners and how good your training partners are and what you gain from every one of your your training partners on a daily basis yeah it helps you uh, assign the appropriate value to the people around you. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that's that's a huge indicator of, you know, where you are and who you've sounded, surrounded yourself with. And I think that's really important. And, you know, when you think, I was talking to my buddy the other day, and we I forget how we got on the conversation, but we were talking, I, I was like, he was talking about how his, brought, his dad kind of brought him up with, you know, like, um, you know, flowers and roses and, oh, the world is a beautiful place. And I was brought up with, you're going to be the smallest guy around. You better learn how to fight. Right you better, exactly. That's how I was brought up, man. I was, you know, third grade. My dad had me hitting a speed bag. I had a body, you know, I had a heavy bag. I was working all that. He was teaching me wrestling. And, you know, then I was wrestling. And then it was always, you have to be prepared at any time. You have to look around and evaluate, evaluate every situation. Your head has to be on a swivel. And he wasn't a military guy either. He was a sales manager. But yeah. he grew up in the streets. And it was, I grew up with these lessons. And it got to, okay, Dad, I understand, I understand, I understand. And then, you know, then I get into, you know, my freshman year and I'm going to go play football, you know. And I grew up with the... I guess you could say delusions of grandeur. I'm going to be Jack Lambert. I'm going to just knock my front teeth out and just go. And I go, we go out for football practice. And I'm like, these guys are fucking huge. Yeah. I was 96 pounds. They go, what do you want to play? I go, linebacker. They went, how about cornerback? <laughs> I'm like, cornerback. But it was, you know, you start to see. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he was right. Maybe I'm not. Obviously, I'm not the biggest guy around. I'm not going to be this. And there yeah, was. So thank God he. He, he prepared invested, me. Yeah, thank God he, he built yeah. some like And it wasn't always into. about vi being violent. It was also, you're going to go into work situations when you get older. And he used to, he taught me the most, and I've said this to people and they went, that's brilliant. I go, you have to learn, the most invaluable tool you'll ever learn is grin effing somebody. When they're giving you their, you know, and we see it on the mat. When someone's giving you the business, you kind of go, that's it. Yeah. You grin at them. You go. That's it. You just smile and somebody's railing on you for stupid shit. Hey, what's up? How Dude, you doing? that's one of the reasons Gallagher is gives so many, so many of our guys so many problems. Yeah. Like Gallagher is like just some of the most talented people on the mat. Gallagher. Infuriates. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say he kicks their ass, but he, he does way better than he should with yes. like our top guys. Yeah. Because he just doesn't fucking stop yes he doesn't stop he applies the pressure yep and i don't know if he's too stupid to realize like he's tired <laughs> but he just doesn't stop and that is the number one it's the biggest issue that somebody has to deal with because yeah. if somebody is very skillful like battle yeah like it's it, it could be overwhelming like holy shit he's disappearing he's on my back he's yeah. everywhere it's it's a lot but it there's like an element of like calmness in it where like you can find your calm. Yeah. When somebody's just it's like going pressure and yep. doesn't stop applying it, no matter what you throw at him, yeah. especially if you are the one giving him the business, like you sweep him, you mm -hmm. pass his guard, and he just doesn't stop trying to recover his guard. Dude, something in the back of your brain is like, holy shit, he's not going to slow down. And you're doing the calculation in like a couple, I'm going to get tired just from being on top of him. What yeah. the fuck am I going to do? And you yeah. start going down that cascade. Yeah. 
that's a valuable thing, dude. Grit, just the grit and determination. Remember the freight he used to do the choo-choo train. <laughs> he still does. He still does. Yeah, dude. He's that's just, that's just and he's, guys. He's not hyperventilating. He's down. That's how he keeps the motor going. That's how he keeps the motor going. He's got to breathe, get the oxygen in. Yeah, he's granted he's a lunatic, and if we had a room full of Gallagher's, like this place would shut down. (laughs) But having one of them is is a a valuable piece to to the little puzzle that we have here. Again, nobody sits on the bench, and everybody has a role, and we accept everybody. Yes, you know, and you think about it, this is where you go. Somebody's going to go compete, or somebody's going to go to another school, and they're going to find a Gallagher that's not exactly a Gallagher, and you're going to go. I've That's all there. you got. I've been, been with Gallagher. I felt that. I yes. know what that feels like. There, you'd have to bring a lot more to the table for this. Yeah, man. You, so you said, you said nobody rides the bench, and that's you know one of our mottos. Yeah, and it's true. And I was thinking about that uh, recently. And what, like, what exactly does that mean? Because like, I watch my nephews play baseball or soccer, and a lot of people do ride the bench, but they always get their playing time. But it's not the same. It's not the same. So, like, what you see in youth sports. Hierarchy has a lot to do with sports. For sure. So, although these kids are getting the playing time, when, when like, you know, the backup to the backup comes in, the outfield takes 30 steps in. Yeah. And they, like. It's kind they, of embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing, man. Yeah. Like, I'd rather you just strike me out than, than treat me like a baby. Yeah. Like, don't throw it on their hand. Like, give me your, your fastball. That's yeah. embarrassing. In jujitsu, nobody like says move in. Yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna get your ass kicked. Like yeah. you're not riding the bench, which means you're in the scrum, but you're also gonna get hit by the linebacker. Yeah, in the best possible way. But don't you want to be on the field playing? Yeah, don't yeah. you want to be on? I mean, it really it, it's un. I and mean, there's no handicap. Exactly. It's it's it is what it is. Yes. You know exactly where you stand, and you you, you know where you're going. You know what's going to happen, but there's always that possibility. Well, there's also a, a level of respect, yeah, an earned respect that they're giving you the business, yeah. You know, and the truth is, if you're on the mat, even if you're getting smashed, you're taking it. Yes, you're taking the, the best that they you're got. Growing. Yeah, man, I was I've been thinking about that a lot because nobody rides the bench anymore, but it's not the same. Yes, you know what I mean. Like yeah. here, it's the same. Like Every, you're, you, you could get still smashed. get as many roles as the per the. You could get as many roles as everybody else. Whereas if you're playing baseball, you well, I, I played two innings. And you're in the mix, dude. Yeah. And I you're was thinking about like like Tan. Yeah. And like Ecker. Like these guys who are clearly working with physical limitations that most of us are not. They're not mascots. No. Like that's the thing. When I gave Ecker his purple belt, I was very clear to say, because we didn't think he was ever going to get Like when he first came in, he reached out to me before his intro lesson. Yeah. Ecker, if you guys don't realize, like... He can't use half of his body. Half of his body doesn't fucking work. And that's the that, and that's the the side he could feel. Yeah, which, which is, is a crazy. Twisted, <laughs> it's twisted fate. Like the side he can use is there's no there's feeling. no sense of feeling. But um, he called before he came in. He's like, "Here's where I'm at. Like, I got these issues. Like, I don't even know if this would work." And yeah. I told him, "Like, we're gonna make it work. Like, we're gonna find." I remember when you told us, "Man, we got this guy coming in," and I think that's when parents said, "Yeah." That I know who that I think I know who that guy is. Parents said he's like he's like he's one of the best EMTs in the state. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. he's gone on to be a very good team doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, point being, like over the you know the next few years of him just trying to adapt jujitsu to to fit his body, he became pretty fucking dangerous. Pretty like 
capable of defending himself and yeah. attacking. He submitted somebody in a tournament. Yeah. He submitted an able-bodied competitor in a tournament. That says a lot. So when I gave him his purple belt, I was very clear to say, this is not like symbolic. No. This is not, you know, sure. he's not our mascot. He's a fucking purple belt in jiu-jitsu. And like Tan, Tan's on the mat training. Yeah, yeah. He's got some limitations, but that doesn't stop him from getting after it. Yes. Whereas... In other arenas in life, like it's very, where people are very quick to to make you the mascot. You're gonna be in a special group. Yeah, You're like, be over here. Yeah, with the limitations. Get out of here with that. Yeah, like oh, I have ADHD, so you have no, 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 dude. Yeah, pay attention. You're gonna learn the armbar. Yes. No, 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 no. You will pay attention. You're gonna learn. Just, Tony's a great example of that, dude. <laughs> Sometimes, for being the nicest guy in the world, like you should hear him talk to a four-year-old sometimes. Oh, but, I, hear, I do. But, dude, he draws the line in the sand, Yeah, and he runs a tight ship, and he treats everybody the same. Yeah. Granted, he showers everybody in love, and that's yeah. part of him treating you the same. Yeah. He loves everybody, and he hugs them, and he's very affectionate, but he also holds high standards. He's and if parent. you step out of line, yeah. he's he drops the hammer. As he should. And I like that. Yeah. Like, Tony's not one to be like, well, you know, he's got limitations. No. No. No, because how do you know what Ecker could become if I just assign limitations to him? You can't. You would never know. You can't. But then we'd never get buggy choked, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, that was, I was telling a valuable about addition to the school. I was telling about Genesis and her buggy choke, if, and I'm like, man, I go, if she had a couple privates with you, Ecker, she Oh, dude. <laughs> She'd be strangling She'd everybody. Be strangling everybody. <laughs> she had Jax, but out of sheer stubbornness, Jax was like, you're going to have to kill me. Yes, yes. And uh, we'd go on and on about that. But that, I mean, that's that's awesome to see that. But it, you're very true. You know, you if, if you just looked at everybody with, oh, this guy's got limitations, you're limiting their potential because you're not going to give them the opportunity to grow and go beyond because you have this, vision that oh well they're limited well i don't know you could probably feel it you could probably sound you're like an ornery old man yes, you know I you're am. cantankerous <laughs> you're probably one of these guys who's like get off my lawn like i hate how the culture is going and right now you could probably see it and you can sense it that the culture is moving more and more and more towards we've got to like pr gloves. protect everybody yeah and like we we have to protect all these which every day there's a new protected class that yeah. like we have to protect at all costs and i i I, my opinion is like there's a very big difference between not protecting all these different people and being like a, a bigot. Like those are different things. Yes. And what I'm saying is what you just said. Like we're when you like just overly protect somebody because you assume that they don't have the same they can't abilities. It. Yeah. And, yeah. And immediately you just stunted their growth. Yeah. You just made a glass ceiling right over their head yeah. for no fucking reason. And you're classifying Well, people. the reason is because it makes you feel like you're moral, morally superior. Superior, exactly. I did that. You know what? So you said I'm kind of content. My thing is, that is my thing, where I'm like, why classify it? What, what are you doing? You know what you're doing. You're, you're signaling to the world that you're, you're, you're a better superior. person. Yeah, well, we need to protect these people. Well, do we? I mean, really. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not yeah, trying I know to, you saying. know what I'm saying. But it's like... You know, I, I just, my thing, if my, <laughs> the virtue signaling thing is yeah. what really drives me. That well, really he, here's why I love Weedify and what we're doing, what, you, what yeah. you guys are doing. Because you're taking this like, which for some reason, of all the protected classes in America, 
disabled vets is not one of them. How, How the that? hell that happened, I don't know. Like yeah. people kind of poo-poo on them. But like if you went to, if you were in Fallujah and like, I don't know, you have PTSD and you can't work, you're, in my opinion, you deserve way more protection than a lot of other protected yes. classes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but here's the beautiful thing about Weedify and Jiu-Jitsu. You're taking somebody who's 100% disabled and what society would want you to do is nerf their house yeah, and shelter them. Shelter them and protect them, bring them their food. We're doing the opposite. We're, we're beating the shit them. out of them. Yeah. We're we're giving them these very difficult challenges. Yes. We're putting them in the fire. Yep. We're helping them reforge the steel of their mind. Yep. And we're not doing it by holding their hand. We're no. doing the opposite. Yeah. We're giving them the ability to embrace challenges. Opportunity and ability. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. what's the lesson there? What do you think? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that it, it's been working wonders for vets. Yes. Right? It'll work wonders for anybody that, exactly. we've, that we're deeming uh, incapable. Yeah. I don't think anybody's incapable. No. I think it's, I think people are, how do you say it the right way? Where I think it's when people say, well, this kid's not going to do it. Or this person's, look at, look at Jimmy. He's just not going to do it. You know, he's, his one left ear is lower than his right ear. He's hey, whoa, never, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Back off. <Yeah>. That. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy, whoever you are. Triggered. Triggered, you know. I. I think that when you give, and I, 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 I do think that in today's world, that if given the opportunity to go, oh, yeah, yeah, my ears left, left lower, I can't do that. Yeah. What are you going to give me? Yes. I think there's too much of that right well, now. Well, really, it'll yeah. turn into a, a Facebook group or like an Instagram post with a hashtag like, like ear Poor equality. Jimmy. <laughs> and what it turns screwed, into what it turns into is you get social brownie points for being a victim. Like yes. my ear is uneven. Yeah. Like here's a video about like how hard life is and I see how how people look at me and all that kind of stuff. But Actually, but we know yeah, she's sneaking she's around sneaking like in the Grinch. <laughs> you know, that's like if it wasn't for Jimmy the head heads wouldn't do this though. So Are now, you making fun of me <laughs> specifically? Is this is this like a veiled no, no, <laughs> attack no, no. on me? <laughs> no, Jimmy. I mean, uh, Professor. <clears throat> but I think, again, I, I think there's. I think we're kind of in this world where people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna, and then they try to take advantage. There's a lot of power in victimhood. Yes, and I hate it. Yeah. Why well, play the victim? You know, and we could. Oh, poor Professor. His toe, his big toe. Sergeant Hulk is big toe. Dude, as they always do, South Park did the best. They were, they did like a fake commercial about 23andMe, like Ancestry. Yeah. And it's like all you know, all white people. And it's like, it turns out I'm 3% Native American, so I'm 3% <laughs> victim. Yeah. It's like I'm 5% whatever. I'm yeah. 5% victim. Yeah. You know, that's what we're always like looking for ways – and the truth is, we're we're like insulated. That's maybe why it's so jarring for us when we see it in the outside world. Because like with COVID, yeah, I remember talking to my friends in, in upstate Jersey or like in Manhattan, yeah. and they're like, "Dude, it's getting bad." They're, I'm like, "What are you talking? What are you talking about?" They're like, "Yeah, like the Gestapo are out. They're yeah. locking down the, the the parks, and they literally were like, they were chaining the the um, swing sets together. Yeah, and that shit didn't happen around here. No." That, and I was like, "What are you talking?" Because we're insulated. Yeah. Not only that, like one of my fr one of my best friends moved from North Jersey to Nashville, ju like just for the culture, because his neighbors were getting his neighbors are still wearing masks. Yeah, like up insane. in Jersey. Yeah. 
insane. And it was just getting like ridiculous. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You're moving to Nashville, bro? It's not that bad. Because we're insulated, man. Like we're surrounded by jujitsu people and yeah. like their their parents and their families. Yeah. These are people who are willing to to adopt some personal responsibility. Yeah. These are people who are willing to to embark on very arduous, difficult journeys. Yes. And they bear all the fruits of, of their labors and their character. Yes. So we're insulated. One hundred percent. And we're insulated in that we would never want to be a victim. That's the last label I want you to give me. You don't get any brownie points on the mats for being a victim. It's yes. the opposite. Yeah. It's the opposite. Like if you have a bum leg <laughs> and you still triangle somebody, you're yeah. a fucking hero. It's yeah. not it's not you're a bum leg, you got a bum leg, so let me let you triangle me. I was when I had my uh thank you again for this, but uh when I, you know, I was training with one arm. I had my bicep tore my bicep tendon had the surgery. I love how you blame me. Your your bicep was hanging on <laughs> by a thread for two years, and I sneezed on it. You know it, the guy it fell off. Did you ever look see it like a really good chef yes. when he puts that sprig of parsley on there? Yeah. Everybody else made it, but he put that sprig on, so he's the chef. Yeah. You're the chef. <laughs> <laughs> yes, chef. But I'll, I'll um, take it. The jo- you know, I and of course I'm joking, but you know, I'm training with one arm, and I'm going with Professor Steve. And I'm, I said to him, I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I go, well, nothing. Train. I don't want to. Dude, if you don't strangle me right now, yeah, I'm going to be pissed. Fucking bring it to me, you know? And I, I, love, I love the fact that I'm not the only one with that attitude. Yeah. You know? I mean, granted, you're, I, you're a lunatic. Yes. And, I, I, and Grant, okay, good. Maybe not everybody has that attitude. But I, I think I could... I, I, I think, don't I think limit a lot of people li- listening would be happy if they were hurt. They'd be happy to just have like a role with somebody. Yeah. You, on the other hand, are like, if you don't try to kill me, <laughs> I'm going to be furious. And the person's like, you're on a ventilator. Yeah. And you're like, it doesn't I matter. I don't care. I'm going out on my shield, yeah. whatever way it takes. But I, I don't want to take away. I've, it's my obligation not to take away from their role. Yeah. You know, so bring it to me. You choke me out, that's fine. But if I get you, I got you with one arm. Well, also, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> like when I roll with Ecker, yeah. sometimes what I'll do is is I'll try not to use like the left side of my body and see how that kind of stacks up and yeah. like what works, what doesn't. Now here's where, I and I did it for a little bit to try to better instru- be a better coach for him. But the thing that you can't do to, to like feel what Ecker feels is he can't even use his abdominals on that side. Yeah. There's like when I go to just turn my hips, I engage all my core. Mm-hmm. That's how much he, he's dealing with. Anyway, point being, there's value in any kind of role. There's value like if you're hurt, if the person you're rolling with is hurt. Maybe it's just you're working on like self control. Yep. Maybe it's you're working on your deep half guard entries. There's there's always going to be some value there. But but treating somebody like a like a victim or I or, hate that or disabled. We're, that's we, it seems, and it's not even like when we're talking about victimhood. I mean just. And, and look, Grant, I'm going to say that, look, our college education system's broken the way everything is, especially the way it costs. You took the loan, you got to pay the loan. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Nobody forced you. You could have gone to become a plumber. You could have been an electrician. Nobody said you had to, you know, go to, you know, $250,000 for school to be a, you know, a liberal arts major. I agree and, with you. you know, I, I agree with you. But. There is to a certain extent. They make they make it way too easy to get the money. Yes. And they always encourage you to take more. Yes. And 
these a lot of these kids are the victims of. There's Eckert now. He's getting ready to leave. Oh, what a what a dirty dirt ball. Look at him. Um, his hair is great. Look at him, he's faking it too. I'm gonna drag the leg, drag the leg. Yeah, he's Kaiser Soze. Like when I give him his black belt, he's, <laughs> he's gonna, gonna start. Walk he's right gonna start moonwalking. <laughs> um, dude, the, a lot of these kids who took out these monster loans also are the victim of like the 18 years prior to that. They're fed that line that the only way to be successful in this country is, is college. Yeah. So there's a lot stacked against you. However, yes. I, I agree. You should pay the loan back. You took the loan. You pay it. Don't. You should pay my loans. That's not how it works. It'd be nice if it. If Wouldn't that's it be? how it was. I need. Part some, of me is just. I just finished pay paying my mine mortgage. Off. I just paid mine off, so I'd be pissed if they did loan <laughs> yes. forgiveness now. And you I mean, know, can what? we retroactively? It was brought up because that was one of the, and they were like, "That's not right to do that to give somebody twenty thousand dollars off." Because what about all the everybody else that just paid their loans? Yeah, you you gonna give them twenty grand? Well, the other thing that they just did now is you see with like um, mortgage rates with your credit. Yeah, how if you have like immaculate credit now they added like a point to it <laughs> so that you can subsidize the people at the bottom that's social uh, it's social okay dude anyway it's all good I, whatever whatever let's jujitsu podcast let's talk jujitsu um so collingswood is in the mix we, we yes. started demo we have our zoning board hearing at the end of this month the last monday of june and which is a week, month late because they bumped it it's out it's like two months late yeah but yeah um but hopefully, like, it, what I'm gonna don't tell anybody. Shh. Between us, just between you and me. Yeah, don't tell anybody. But I'm just gonna build the whole place out in, in the weeks prior. Okay. And assume that we're gonna get the okay and the stamp of approval, and then we'll uh, we'll just get rocking and rolling right after that. Outstanding. Yeah. That, I, 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 it's exciting. Here's why it's super exciting because we have so many guys coming up, and the buzz around like being a coach is is more electric than i dude every almost every day but certainly like three times a week now i have somebody coming up saying i want to get involved what's the best way to, to get involved as yeah. being a coach which is great but you got to think like percentage wise say 10 people come in they're like i want to start helping out maybe eight of them actually will yeah. and then of those eight maybe like five of them will, will go on to become like an assistant coach yeah. and of those five maybe three will become a black gee coach and of those three maybe one of them will end up running a school yeah but i like those numbers man because in another three to five years that's like five schools yes like that's that's the dream and personally collingswood has a lot riding on it yeah because that is the proof of concept yes. if we can make the first satellite school have the same culture as us and the same you know vibe and 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 be the same magic place that we have here which i think we it's a slam dunk yeah. don't get me wrong but you don't know until you know yep and if that's an obvious thing then it's now we've Oprah got Oprah meme you get a school you get a school you get a school everybody look under your seats you get a yeah well, next <laughs> next staff meeting but that's exciting dude. it is exciting that's exciting because the dream is all you bastards quit your jobs. Yeah. And every like Tuesday morning we have staff training. Every Friday morning is is, is physical training where we go over techniques and beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Acai bowls on Thursdays. Hey. It'll be great. It sounds good to me. But it all starts with Collingswood. And uh, no pressure battle. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, dude, look, battle's going to be great. It's going to be overstaffed. Our model, our quote-unquote business yeah. model is overstaffing. Yeah. Like, you're not going to go to another jiu-jitsu school that has, like, eight or nine coaches at a night. And we do. Yes. Especially with all these guys coming up helping. 
Yeah. But and Battle's going to have like James and Mo and yeah. we're going to be over there. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about it. And there's always going to, there's going to be enough bodies around to cover and to help and you know, whatever it is. I'm not, again, I'm not worried about it. No. I'm just like, can we just get this thing going? I know, dude. Well, you're we excited. Just... You seem to be reinvigorated lately. Yes. Your, your, your teaching definitely has, has uh, jumped up a couple levels yes. lately. Yeah. I don't know if it's cause like, you know, everything's kind of dying down. Yes. On the back end for you, but yeah, it is. It is. You know, and, it could, and you know, not to get too big into the weeds, but you know, there was days you saw me come in, and you were just like, "Why are you?" Gonna, I was like, "Go yeah. home, dude. <laughs> Go home." <clears throat> and it, it's been hard, and it's been really hard, but things are looking up. Yeah, things you know, are, things looking, are good, looking up, and uh, you know, and when the, that's kind of, you know, shit. Six months ago now. Yeah, we were thinking about, dude. In six months, it'll be behind. It's like yeah. we're gonna be coming out of the weeds, and yeah, and that's where you're at now. Yeah, dude. thank God. The big word for me personally, starting like like two years ago, was the word capacity. And and John Kokinos, he's one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. He was like capacity. You want to think about like what what's my capacity, or like what can I take on now, and how do I expand that? Because the truth is, like in terms of your impact and your legacy. It comes down to what is your, your personal capacity. Like for you, look what you've just been going through and all the things you've been doing and still like what we did for Memorial Day. Yeah. That was mad. Just so people know. And and I'm very, maybe I need to be more vocal about it, but I'm very um, particular that when I show up to like the, the rock and roll, I hang out in the back. I'll say hi to people, but it, that's not my event. Mm-hmm. I have almost nothing to do with the rock and roll. Like it's you guys just kind of run... Can we do it again? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I don't plan it. I don't market that. I don't do anything. You guys do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, you know, it's constant. It's not just the constant social media stuff. There's a lot of stuff in the background. Making sure we have everything, you know. Uh, and like I said, you know, Sean and I said, John, you're going you're gonna to run this. You know, it's going to be him. And it's a team. And John was running, you know, we all, the what do you call it, the head shed. Everybody got together, made sure everything was... Where do we stand? How are we going? What's the status? What's going on? Check-ins nonstop. And it was, you know, it, it's a team effort. It really was a team effort. And it was, it was obvious, dude. That was a wildly successful event. Yes. And we, I think the outreach going into next year could be even bigger. We had 180 it's people. It's going to be. Do the rock. We tripled the Last year. first year's participation. Yeah. They all just came from Marson and uh, Mike Nachurski's food, <laughs> yeah. which was outstanding, by the way. They went above and beyond as well. Yeah, And it was, you know, we came up with a plan. We executed the plan. Yeah. And the proof was there. So something that you got to point out is anybody can formulate a plan and anybody can kind of execute. But... There's a certain level of like credibility mm-hmm. that comes with being in a leadership position where people actually want to follow you. Yeah. Like if you were full of shit, yeah. there wouldn't be 200 people at the school that day. And there were like 175 did the walk. Yeah. But there were there was way over 200 more people, people here yeah. easily. Easy. Like, dude, I didn't even want to do the. I told Nachurski, he's like, the news guy wants in. I'm like, this isn't my thing. Yeah. I was like, you go talk to him. And he's like, eh, you know. I got a face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, you know, your name's on the door. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I feel yucky. Yeah. No, um, no. It's I was happy you were on there. I yeah. wanted you to do it. The, girl, mean, the girls were excited. The oh, guy, I'm sure. Avery was on the news. Yeah, did she ask? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. That's awesome. They were very excited. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was awesome when they, when that came out. And all, do you know my favorite part? I, I Let's hear it. I think you know. I know. When I you know. start crying. I'm a salty 
crying like a little baby like a little baby <laughs> in the yeah but it was uh i gotta tell you when i sent that out to the leadership of we defy they were like man that was awesome yeah because that would i mean that is just a lot of visibility throughout the area now yeah you know and the the more we could start getting that out there the more we can just everything that we do we could start building and building and building off of that and you know we defy obviously is one thing but there's other people that saw that and went, that's really cool. I should yeah. go check that place out. And, you know, that's the one thing where we defy. It's like, because, you know, when we interview the schools, it's not like, oh, we want you to give this guy a free scholarship. No, no, no. We want to give you a student. What are we going to pay you? Yeah. You know, and it's that handshake agreement that it's building jujitsu. It's helping our, our veterans. It's not asking for a handout. No. You know what I mean? And I think that. That's no, really we defy does a great job raising yes. funds with their events. And then the next step is they want to find athletes to sponsor. Yes. And then they pay their tuition. Yeah. Let's get that going. Exactly. And that's huge. And that, I mean, the official numbers aren't out, but I could tell you that ours, we raised uh, from our rock and roll. It was over $7,500. That's incredible. $7,500 we raised. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, dude, the funds are great, but maybe more important is the participation. Was outstanding. Like just being a part of something like yeah. that is so important, and like you can feel it, dude. Like you could just feel the social fabric yep. of the school getting stronger and stronger. Now we'll end on this. I want to point something out. We can do events. And we want to talk about how uh, Sean Achersky had his pedicure and really didn't ruin it, so he drove didn't the walk truck. A single step. <laughs> he, you know, he was like his calf cramped, pushing the accelerator to the brake. Yeah, dude, that was a tough gig. It's I tough. feel for him. Um, all these events are great yeah. and like all the culture is important and like who you could become and all the things we talk about. That's so important. Yeah. However, there's one thing that trumps all of these things and it's training. Yes. Training. Because if we're not doing the hard training, we're a social, social club. club. Did you see all the people we're training? Packed. I got way I, more than last year. I got like ten rounds in. Yeah, it smelled so bad. And I walk in. <laughs> I walked in. I was like, dude, does it, it does it always smell like that in here? Yes. And everybody's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, shit. I real, I don't know because I'm here. I'm here You're before the, the classes. So as the funk is generating, I'm just being. It's like the boiling frog. <laughs> like you put a frog in cold water and you slowly boil the water. He won't jump out. He adjusts. Yeah, that's like the stench of the of a hard training session. I I just. I was, I was like, fuck, how did does that? And I was like, how does anybody even sign up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, if, I want to be part of this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was great training. Um, you know, again, we have, uh, we had so many people from other schools, the other ambassadors that came from other schools, people from other schools and stuff. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, it was very, very cool, man. It was awesome. Um, you know, and I just like, they, all the guys from the other schools were like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome, and it was noticed by everybody that took participated. We're like, that was special, dude. People who didn't, I can't tell you how many. Met, once I shared that the news article, the news video, yeah. man, I got that night. I got like fifty or sixty messages from random people. Really? Yeah, other schools. That's yeah, awesome. People went crazy over that because. The truth is, dude. Like we said, capacity. How can you hire that crybaby old man, <laughs> yeah. dude? Is that Scrappy Joe walking around flexing? Is he, is he? Yeah, he's out there. Rocking his action karate tattoo. <laughs> um, the, I think one of the reasons it's so impressive to other schools is like it's hard enough to run a school. Yeah. 
it's hard enough to run a good school. Yeah. To run a good school and simultaneously running an event like that is like to most people that's impossible. Yeah. But man, like you got the capacity and you got the team around you, and like yeah. you, you guys just you gelled so well. That I think that's one of the reasons it like blows people away. Yeah. And 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 this goes. And you guys get after it. Yes, we do. We're not afraid to. It was this last Saturday. I think we were both in the same position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calling our shots. Yes, yes, we were. What do you think you're going to go for? But it was, you know, again, we're not afraid to get after it. You have to, it has to be done on the mat. You have to build that friendship, that kinship, that bond on the mat. You know, it can't be, I mean, you could have some sort of a friendship in the lobby. Yeah. But if you're not, you know, exchanging sweat and, you know, trying to, it's not strangle, the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It, you know, Trying to explain that to a civilian, you know, a person that doesn't do jujitsu, they're like, you guys are insane. And I'm like, no, you're insane. How yeah. you're not, how you, how, how you live in like a normal How can you live that life? <laughs> you Dude, know? I was, so um, our software, it, it's pretty extensive, like the way you could stack trats. We, we, we're not numbers people. I'm not a yeah. numbers guy. Um, like I go by feel by looking at the classes and like how many people are signing up mm -hmm. and quitting. But I did take a look to see, Really, because I want to see about the blue belt blues. Yeah, and it turns out we in the last six. I only looked at six months, but I've done this in the past. We don't have the blue belt blues. No, in six months we lose like twelve blue belts, and it's like injury moving away stuff. Like it's never like eh. eh I don't want to do this. Never, anymore. never. Nope. You know where we lose ninety percent of our students? No stripe white belts. Which isn't. Which isn't. We're not losing a lot. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But percentage wise, we're losing mostly. Before they even get their first strike, which is insane. That's nuts. But what does it tell me? It's it's they just didn't they didn't experience the tribe yet. They yeah. didn't they didn't experience the training effect enough yet. Yeah. They didn't get to see. They didn't glimpse like what we know so well yet. Yeah. So my next thing is like, how do we get people to just get assimilated to the tribe? Like, mm -hmm. how do we make it so your first month? You're training two or three times a week. You're experiencing the training effect, and you start to forge those relationships yes. that you're, you're talking about. So if you guys are listening to this, especially if you've only been training for like a year or two because it's still pretty fresh. Like, dude, I haven't been a white belt in 15 years. If you have any that suggestions, would imply that like, you should have three like were there some questions you had that maybe we didn't answer yet to find out on your own, some things that you wish maybe we pointed out earlier, Yeah, man, share some feedback. I would appreciate it. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to, t and that's the other thing is, guys, talk to us, talk to us. If you have a question, you got a concern, something, you know, I'm just not feeling, talk to us. Talk we to have us. enough, we have our, you know, our staff, and, and I, I like to say it like this, you have, you know, your your pyramid of your hierarchy, right? And then you have, if you don't feel comfortable going to a professor or any of the professors. Which I don't understand. I don't either, but if you don't, we got a lot of blue, purple, and brown belts that you could talk yeah, to. Yeah, hundred percent. Guys who are dying to give back, like Nachersky. Yeah, like, he will. He will. He will gladly take you over to Chegg and talk. <laughs> he will gladly take you over to yeah. Chegg. I mean, and I, I'm joking about it, but he's a guy. He'll talk to you. He'll talk to you. He's a guy that left, and he was like, his wife was like, "You got to get back," and he got back, and he was like, "Oh wow, now look. Oh wow, yeah." You know, and now he's, you know. About to be a brown belt. He's four stripes away from his purple belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you look at a guy. He's a he's a pillar of the school. You know, he's always here. He's always, 
He's always willing to help anybody out doing whatever it is. He's so consistent and solid. And yes. I don't mean with his attendance. No. Like his, his just his, his character. His disposition. Yes. He's always he the same. He seems to be tireless. He seems unshakable. Yeah. Man, it's just I want to be like that when I grow up. Because I'm not the, I'm not like that, dude. Yeah. Like I'm very different I'm experiences just, though. For sure. Yeah, different experiences. For sure. Like yeah. But I mean he's I got Jerry and Mike him. as brothers and he's the oh, baby. God. So could you imagine? No. But I learn a lot from guys like that. But yeah, you're right. There's there's incredible resources yeah. around you. Man, don't hesitate to talk to the people around you. They, they're they, first off, they're gonna have empathy for you because yes. they were there not too long ago, and they love help. They want to help. Like they, it feels good to help. That's yeah. the culture we've got here. Yeah, and and that's the th- and if you think about it, we have the support, quote unquote, the support group. The people that are they're not wearing the black gear. They don't have the coach's patch on the back. There's so many people that are always willing to help out. I mean, you, you could talk to any of the Nicoles. I mean, they're gonna if you're a female and you want to feel talk to any of the Nicoles. Yeah. I mean, they're they're gonna help you. You know. I mean, our our female support group is amazing. Yeah. You know. I mean, and then on the male side, you have a ton of amazing people. Well, here's we have like you were talking about our hierarchy, like our pyramid. Yeah. We have the coaches, we have the professors, the coaches in the black gee, mm-hmm. the assistant coaches with the patch. Yeah. And then you have the usual suspects. Yes. It's the people who are always it's always the same people yeah. and you know, those they know just as much about our program as you and I. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, there's so And I would love to see them take a step towards earning a black gee and exactly. then a step towards opening a school. That would be outstanding. There is no success without succession. No, that is absolutely true. And that's, you know, the one thing that you could have been the one to try to stifle everybody and keep them under your... No, you've no. always been like, look, man, your wings are going to dry one day. I, I'd love my, for you to my, fly. Well, personally, my opinion is if this is the only... If none of my guys go on to open a school, like, I'm a loser. Yeah. I, I believe that. Like, if, if I don't have, like, five or six of you guys going to have successful schools, I'm mm. a loser. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. And I, I don't actually think that's true. You wouldn't, you're not a loser. Well, th- that's the standard I'm setting for myself. No, and I understand that. But there's also, like we had spoke before, it's like, man, it's such a good vibe. Yeah. You know? It's, it's good. such a good vibe. It's good. And, dude, we're not even counting, like, like Jax, Keno, Sam and Ryan Terry, Edward Charles. These kids are going to have schools one day. I tell you what, man. This... And they're going to be beating the snots out of us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the – I look forward to it. Yeah. I look forward to it. Kind of. Edward Chalk, it's going to be painful. Yes. He's going to have like a little bit of like. Oh, he's got a little. He's he's a very, he's got a little. Uh, he's aggressive on yes, the mat. Yes, he is. Man, which is, I love his style. Yeah. Because you know why? Because I could throw him in with like Jack Golnick, who's yeah. like. Bigger. He's a man. Yeah. And he's twice the size, muscular. I saw him at the pool. He's jacked. Yeah. And Ed hangs with him because yeah. he's just scrappy, dude. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then again, like Ryan Terry. Yeah. And Ryan. Technical as, te- as anybody else. Very technical. Yeah, Jackson Kino, very technical, talented. Fair, they. I tell you what, they are so talented and mentally, mentally yeah. unshakable. Yes, Jackson Kino. There's nothing you could do to them to to shake them. No, especially Jacks. He, you could set his foot on fire and be like, oh, okay, well, chewing, his, chewing his gum. <laughs> <laughs> Kino, as long as you don't light his hair on fire, because that well, yeah. would be a disaster. Well, my, you know. That would be like Hiroshima. And just explode. Be really upset with us if that happened. So much product. <laughs> All right, dude, let's wrap up. Let's get out. Got classes tonight. Yes, sir. See you guys. Later, guys.